0: Well, the first thing I was, do I need to turn this on, or is it on? Okay. Um, First thing, I was just going to reassure everyone, I will not be doing phonetic punctuation while I talk up here today, so in case anybody was worried about that. Actually, I was, as we were singing some of the songs earlier here, I did want to just briefly go over a couple of those. The verses on 572, everybody, why don't you get your hymnal out, and we'll just read them. We're not going to sing them, obviously, but it speaks a little bit to what I want to talk about here. Verse 2 of America the Beautiful. O beautiful for pilgrim's feet, whose stern impassioned stress, a thoroughfare for freedom beat across the wilderness. America, America, God mend thine every flaw. Confirm thy soul in self-control, thy liberty in law. O beautiful for heroes proved in liberating strife, who more than self their country loved, and mercy more than life. America, America, may God thy gold refine, till all success be nobleness, and every gain divine. And then go to uh, 576. You know, Pastor Gaiman talked about the, the flag over here, and, uh, you know, the the allegiance and the Loyalty that we have to the country we live in. And we were, we really truly were given a wonderful, <laughs> I mean, unspeakable gift by our founding fathers. Um, just, just want to read through this again here. Oh, say, can you see by the dawn's early light what so proudly we hailed at the twilight's last gleaming, whose broad stripes and bright stars through the perilous fight or the ramparts we watched were so gallantly streaming, and the rockets' red glare, the bombs bursting in air gave proof through the night that our flag was still there. But I want you to think about this next question. Oh, say does that star-spangled banner yet wave o'er the land of the free and the home of the brave. O, oh, thus be it ever when free men shall stand between their loved homes and the war's desolation. Blessed with victory and peace, may the heaven-rescued land praise the power that hath made and preserved us a nation. Then conquer we must when our cause it is just, and this be our motto and God is our trust and the star-spangled banner in triumph shall wave or the land of the free and the home of the brave. That first, in the first verse there's the question, O say does that star-spangled banner yet wave? But then when you read that second verse, in God is our trust, and the the star-spangled banner in triumph shall wave. Okay, can any of you say as a nation that we honestly have our trust in God? Uh, Individual people, yes. I would hope that most of this congregation Turn to uh, Zephaniah, Prophet Zephaniah. Before we do that, I've got a, just a couple things I wanted to say and then we'll pray. Um, I'm up here tonight because I was asked to be up here tonight. I, to be honest with you, I have no real desire to come down here and give a lesson. I come down here because we enjoy coming down here and listening and singing. and um, I do believe that a man... I tried to tell my sons this. If they're asked to do something if it's within your, cap- within your capability, you should do it. But I'm not gonna stand up here and tell you that the Holy Spirit gave me something that you guys need to hear. If I'm straight up honest, I don't really think I have a lot that you need to hear. Um, what I do think is that I would charge all of you is to listen to what I say, and you better take that and compare it to the Word of God. And if I say something that's not right, throw it away. <laughs> and I mean that wholeheartedly. Don't, don't keep it. So let's pray. Father, I wanna uh, thank you for the opportunity to gather together in your Passover, your, your Feast of Unleavened Bread. Um, I wanna thank you for your word the, that we have, the ability to read and study your word. That we have the freedom what what little freedoms we do have left here in this country. That is one of them. We still have the freedom to to purchase copies of the scripture and to read it. I have eight or ten of them on the shelf in my house. Uh, There's places in the world where people are happy to have one or two verses. So I want to just thank you. Thank you for that. And please help us to take that to heart and be very cognizant of the blessing we have and to not treat it lightly, to not um, ignore the responsibility that comes along with that Um, I just ask that you would help me as I talk up here to be able to express my thoughts clearly. And, uh, you know, like I I told these guys, please uh, help them to take the truth that's there and to get rid of what's not. And I pray this in your precious son's name. Amen. Amen. Okay, so we're going to start in Zephaniah chapter 1. There'll be quite a bit of reading here and then we will bounce around a little bit. The word of the Lord which came unto Zephaniah, the son of Cushai, the son of Gedaliah, the son of Amariah, the son of Hezkiah, in the days of Josiah, the son of Ammon, king of Judah. I will utterly consume all things from off the land, saith the Lord. I will consume man and beast. I will consume the fowls of the heaven and the fishes of the sea and the stumbling blocks with the wicked. And I will cut off man from the land, saith the Lord. I will also stretch out mine hand upon Judah and upon all the inhabitants of Jerusalem. And I will cut off the remnant of Baal from this place in the name of the Chemerims with the priests. And them that worship the host of heaven upon the housetops. And them that worship and that swear by the Lord and that swear by Malcolm. And them that are turned back from the Lord and those who have not sought the Lord nor inquired for him. Hold thy peace at the presence of the Lord God. For the day of the Lord is at hand. For the Lord hath prepared a sacrifice. He hath bid his guests. Now verse seven and eight here, I want you to stop and think because it's very familiar Um, statement here. Hold thy peace at the presence of the Lord God for the day of the Lord is at hand for the Lord hath prepared a sacrifice he hath bid his guests and it shall come to pass on the day of the Lord's sacrifice that I will punish the princes and the king's children and all such as are clothed with strange apparel. I just want to call to mind there's a uh, proverb that Christ tells of the king who had a wedding feast prepared for his son. He invited people he had guests that were bidden and they wouldn't come. And in the very end of that, you'll recall there's also a young, or a, a man that comes in there and he's like, where's your wedding garment? Okay, this is talking about the same thing here, guys. The message has been the same from the beginning all the way to the end of the scripture. In the same day also I will, or will I punish all those that leap on the threshold, which fill their master's houses with violence and deceit. And it shall come to pass in that day, saith the Lord, that there shall be a noise of a cry from the fish gate, and an howling from the second, and a great crashing from the hills." Howl ye inhabitants of Maktesh! For all the merchant people are cut down; all they that bear silver are cut off. And it will it shall come to pass at that time that I will search Jerusalem with candles, and punish the men that are settled on their lees, that say in their heart, the Lord will not do good, neither will He do evil. Now, they didn't have flashlights then. Why would He search Jerusalem with candles? He was looking at all the dark corners and the back rooms. What's he looking for? He's looking for men, okay, men of Israel. It says they're settled on their lees. These are people that are comfortable. They're comfortable where they're at, comfortable with what they're doing, and they're not, they're not looking to do what God wants done. Okay, we're gonna find out why he's, why he's looking for them. That say in their heart, the Lord will not do good, neither will he do evil. Therefore their goods shall become a booty, and their houses a desolation. They shall also build houses, but not inhabit them and they shall plant vineyards, but not drink the wine thereof. The great day of the Lord is near. It is near and hasteth greatly. Even the voice of the day of the Lord, the mighty man shall cry there bitterly. I want to pause on that verse there again as well. I'm not gonna go into all of the uh, uh, the sins that we have as a nation. You know, we're here, we're here during the feast of Passover unleavened bread. And I know I asked you guys this last time. Um, but I want to just bring it up again and talk just a little bit about it here in a minute. But the Feast of Unleavened Bread, while it is about removing sin, more than that, the commandment was, seven days shall ye eat unleavened bread. Um, we're, the more important part of what it is that we're to do as believers is to partake of the body of Christ, to partake of the truth in the, uh, um, in Genesis, not Genesis, Exodus twelve, fifteen. Keep your finger there in Zephaniah and just turn back to Genesis or excuse me, Exodus real quick. Exodus chapter twelve, verse fifteen. It does say, Seven days shall ye eat unleavened bread. Even the first day ye shall put away leaven out of your houses. So it does tell us to put the leaven away, but the first commandment was to eat the unleavened bread. Right? Because of our sin, back to Zephaniah here, back to Zephaniah chapter one, verse 14. It says, the great day of the Lord is near. It is near, and hasteth greatly. Even the voice of the day of the Lord, the mighty man shall cry there bitterly. I want, I guess the, the biggest thing that I want to get across today, I don't know exactly when this day is coming, I'm not trying to predict a day or a date or a time, but we're near. Ladies and gentlemen, the sins that we have committed in this country that we are a party to, that we are, um, some of it unwillingly, but we are a part of, our fathers have engaged in, we have engaged in. Previously here in uh, verse 12 where it says that men were set on their lees, were settled on our lees. You go back a couple of generations and, and uh, would they have even stood for what we allow now with the transgender, with the homosexuality? Would, we have, would it have even been allowed? You, wouldn't even, you couldn't even have on television. A girl couldn't even show her belly button. What can they do now? Okay, well, we're settled on our lees. And what did it say here in verse 12? He says, he's going to hunt you down. He's going to search with candles, looking for men that are settled on their lees, that say in their heart, the Lord will not do good, neither will he do evil. Okay, back to verse 14. The great day of the Lord is near. It is near and hasteth greatly. Even the voice of the day of the Lord, the mighty man shall cry there bitterly. That day is a day of wrath, a day of troubles and distress, a day of wasteness and desolation, a day of darkness and gloominess, a day of clouds and thick darkness, a day of the trumpet and alarm against the fenced cities and against the high towers. And I will bring distress upon men that they shall walk like blind men because they have sinned against the Lord and their blood shall be poured out as dust and their flesh as the dung. Neither their silver nor their gold shall be able to deliver them in the day of the Lord's wrath. But the whole land shall be devoured by the fire of his jealousy. For he shall make even a speedy riddance of all them that dwell in the land. Now I had us read there that verse in Exodus. And it's going to come into, kind of, kind of join together here with the first three verses of chapter 2. Gather yourselves together. Yea, gather together, O nation not desired. Before the decree bring forth. Before the day pass as the chaff. Before the fierce anger of the Lord come upon you, before the day of the Lord's anger come upon you, seek ye to get rid of your sin? Is that what it says? It says, seek ye the Lord. Now, if you seek the Lord, are you going to get rid of sin too? Yes, obviously. You can, there's a parable Christ told, and again, I know I have some of these things I'm using from my last time I was here. Um, parable Christ told of the person who had a demon, had an evil spirit and was cast out and the house was all cleaned up the evil spirit comes back and finds the house empty and he goes and he gets seven more spirits worse than himself and brings them back and dwells in that house and says the end of that man is worse than than the first okay why? because he got rid of the sin but he didn't seek the Lord He didn't fill up with unleavened bread. Seek ye the Lord, all you meek of the earth, which have wrought his judgments. Seek righteousness, seek meekness. It may be you shall be hid in the day of the Lord's anger. Now I didn't, (laughs) I'm not as comfortable up here as probably I should be. Um, I didn't give you the title of my lesson. The title of my lesson is While He May Be Found. So keeping these, especially those three verses, of chapter 2 in mind, I want you to turn with me to, um, we're going to go to Isaiah chapter 55. And I also want to say I am not going to tell you anything tonight that you don't already know. But I really, truly, I've been telling my family this for quite some time. I know when we get together for Sabbaths, we'll talk about it. Um, I really feel like as a people, we're not prepared for the judgment of God that is coming. I don't think we take as seriously as we should the sin that we are a party to, that we are privy to, that we have observed, that we are, you know, we're we're witness to. And you've all read this same book that I have read. God has said many times that judgment is coming for these sins. Judgment is coming, and I don't think we're ready for it. Isaiah 55, we're going to start in verse 1, and we'll go through uh, verse 7. Ho, everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters, and he that hath no money, come ye buy and eat. Yea, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Wherefore do you spend money for that which is not bread, and for and your labor for that which satisfieth not? Hearken diligently unto me. Okay, did he say, diligently obey my commandments? Well, he said, Hearken diligently unto me. Again, will obeying the commandments be a part of that? Yes, it will. Okay, but we have to do more than just get rid of the sin. We need to turn to our God. We need to hearken. And the word hearken doesn't mean just listen. If you look up the word hearken, it means to consent. It means to purpose, to listen. Okay, we need to hearken. Hearken diligently unto me, and eat ye that which is good. Again, he's talking about eating. Partake of this, guys. Eat ye that which is good, and let your soul delight itself in fatness. Incline your ear, and come unto me. Here, and your soul shall live, and I will make an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercies of David. I don't know about you, but that sounds good to me. An everlasting covenant, the sure mercies of David. But how do we get that? Incline your ear, and come unto me. and Here, and your soul shall live, and I will make an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercies of David. Behold, I have given him for a witness to the people, a leader and commander to the people, Behold, thou shalt call a nation that thou knowest not, and nations that knew not thee shall run unto thee because of the Lord thy God, and for the Holy One of Israel, for he hath glorified thee. And here's a verse that every single one of us, verse six here, should find slightly terrifying. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Okay, so the implication of that is that there is a time when he won't be found There is a time when he won't be near. Okay, keep your finger there for just a minute and go back to Zephaniah. Verse two of chapter two. Before the decree bring forth, before the day passes the chaff, before the fierce anger of the Lord come upon you, before the day of the Lord's anger come upon you. Okay, this is when he's talking about while he may be found, before these decrees have gone forth, he's still listening, guys. Yeah. Then seek ye the Lord, all you meek of the earth, which have wrought his judgment. Seek righteousness. Seek meekness. It may be you shall be hid in the day of the Lord's anger. Okay? Go back to, if hopefully you kept your finger there in Isaiah. Go back to Isaiah. Chapter 55, verse 6. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts and let him return unto the Lord and he will have mercy upon him. And to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. Now, I've a couple of times here, I've uh, brought up in the verses there, uh, did it say to keep his commandments? Okay, and I don't want any of you to misunderstand. I 100% love the law of God. 100% think that we should observe that, keep that. Okay, But there's more than just observing the commandments of God. If you think of, in the New Testament, it's described as a a marriage relationship, as a marriage covenant, okay? Martin talked the other day about um, covenant and the, the difference there between covenant and just obedience. You know, if you think of the marriage covenant, does my wife do the things that I want? Yeah. Is that enough? Am I after just her doing the things that I say I want done? Or do I want her to love me and want to do what I want done? Okay, there's a, there's a world of difference. This over here. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. It's a wonderful commandment. If all we ever do is don't have any other gods before him, do we love God? Or do we need to seek his face? Do we need to seek his counsel, his word? Seek what he wants. That's what he was getting at with that. Don't put anyone else before him. It's not a matter of just simply doing the bare minimum that you have to. It's a matter of having a love for our spouse that we want to do what's right, that we want to, as it says in Zephaniah, seek the Lord. But what what I really want to reiterate today is that there's only so much time to do that in. I don't know when that is, I don't know when that time ends. I'm not here to pretend that I know when that is, but he said that it will end. Um, Let's go to Hebrews chapter three. We start in verse seven. Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost saith, today, if ye will hear his voice. Here again, there's a time limit put on this, okay? And I I, I know this is all familiar scriptures to you guys. Today, if ye will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation in the day of temptation in the wilderness, when your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works forty years. Wherefore, I was grieved at that generation, and said they do always err in their heart, and they have not known my ways. So I swear in my wrath they shall not enter into my rest. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief and departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. While it is said today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation. For some, when they had heard, did provoke Albeit not all that came out of Egypt by Moses, but with whom was he grieved 40 years? Was it not with them that had sinned, whose carcasses fell in the wilderness? Okay, they didn't listen. If you read through the Old Testament, the law, okay, over and over and over again, God says, hearken to me to keep my commandments. Listen to my voice to observe my statutes and my testimonies. It's always listen to me before he says his, speaks of his commandments. And these people didn't. And what did he refer to them as? Carcasses. Now, if we just maintain our being settled on our lees, as it says in Zephaniah, we run the risk of being carcasses that are just gonna fall in the wilderness. That We're dead men walking, okay? I don't, I don't want to be there. <laughs> I don't want to be there. And to whom swear he, verse 18, that they should not enter into his rest, but to them that believe not. So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. Let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest. Any of you should seem to come short of it. Turn with me now to Zechariah chapter 7. Zechariah chapter 7, verses 8 through 14. And the word of the Lord came unto Zechariah, saying, Thus speaketh the Lord of hosts, saying, Execute true judgment, and show mercy and compassions every man to his brother. And oppress not the widow, nor the fatherless, the stranger, nor the poor, and let none of you imagine evil against his brother in your heart. But they refused to hearken. There's a word hearken again. They refused to listen to hear and consent. They refused to hearken and pulled away the shoulder and stopped their ears that they should not hear. Yea, they made their hearts as an adamant stone lest they should hear the law. And the words which the Lord of hosts hath sent in his spirit by the former prophets. Therefore Therefore came a great wrath from the Lord of hosts. Therefore it has come to pass, and here again, there's a couple of verses that should be terrifying. Therefore, it has come to pass that as he cried and they would not hear, so they cried and I would not hear, saith the Lord of hosts. But I scattered them with a whirlwind among all the nations whom they knew not. Thus the land was desolate after them, and no man passed through nor returned, for they laid the pleasant land desolate. Now, this is, you know, this here that I'm about to say is my opinion. I don't foresee a great revival happening across this nation. You know, Some people might, and I, I hope and pray that it can, can happen. I don't foresee it happening. The chances of us having that great revival and our nation turning around, I think, are gone. That being said, it can start with me, it can start with you, it can start with a small group, it can start with this church here, it can start with the feast congregation, okay? We better be, better not be found as those settled on our lees. Because it said he's going to hunt us down. He's going to be searching. He's going to go looking for those men that are settled on their lees. That are, oh, it's no big deal. It is a big deal. It's a really big deal. And the day is coming. I, again, I don't know when this is. I'm not saying I know the day. But the day is coming when he won't be listening if we haven't turned to him and sought his face. Okay, go to, back to uh, go back to Zephaniah. We're going to turn to chapter three, just a few pages back. We're going to start in verse one. Woe to her that is filthy and polluted to the oppressing city. She obeyed not the voice. She received not correction. She trusted not in the Lord. She drew not near to her God. Her, there again, she drew not near. Guys, we need to draw near while he can be found. <laughs> like it says there in Isaiah, while he may be found. She obeyed not the voice. She received not correction, verse two. She trusted not in the Lord. She drew not near to her God. Her princes within her are roaring lions. Her judges are evening wolves. They gnaw not the bones till the morrow. The meaning of that is they eat it. <laughs> They're constantly eating. They don't, have, they don't rest overnight just gnawing on the bones of the, the kill they made today. They continue killing is the connotation of that. But I want you to l- listen to this whole section here and tell me that this doesn't speak of where we live. Her prophets are light and treacherous persons. Her priests have polluted the sanctuary. They have done violence to the law. The just Lord is in the midst thereof. He will not do iniquity. Every morning doth he bring his judgment to light. He faileth not, but the unjust knoweth no shame. I mentioned to you earlier about just the the world we live in, the transgenderism, the homosexuality, these different things. And, I mean, even those of us that think it's terrible, have you gotten used to it? You have, because it's everywhere. And you get to where you don't even know shame about it. But the unjust knoweth no shame. I have cut off the nations. Their towers are desolate. I made their streets waste, that none passeth by. Their cities are destroyed, so that there is no man, that there is no one, none inhabitant. I said, surely thou wilt fear me. Hey, I, last year in North Dakota, we had a very severe drought, especially on the western half and in the, on the eastern half of Montana as well. And, We had a severe drought there, and I I talked to a number of different people, Christian people that I know, and was talking about how one of the, you read in the law, God said that he would send droughts as part of his judgment. Oh, no, 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 we're we're under grace now. That doesn't, he doesn't do that anymore, okay? Well, what I witnessed right there, and I'm not trying to just badmouth other people, because I do the same thing, okay? We don't recognize, we don't see the things that God has said and take them for what they are. This person, That person right there, that was a refusal to repent, that was a refusal to acknowledge God, to seek God in the fact that it didn't rain. Well, another thing that happened out there in Western Montana, Dakota, Dakota Storm Chasers, it's a group they chase bad weather, and there were, uh, On the, my wife said it to me, there was a cloud that they had, they had record of. They had a picture of it. It looked like a great big storm cloud over uh, eastern Montana. And it was locusts. And that's what they described it as, it was locusts. 2,000 feet in the air, okay? They were out there spraying with airplanes. They were out there spraying with ground sprayers trying to kill these things. Couldn't touch them, okay? And you, you bring that up to people. Oh, no, 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 no. That doesn't happen, God didn't do that. That's just, you know, that's just kind of the natural cycle. I got news for you guys. It isn't the natural cycle. It's the natural consequence of our sin. Yeah. But here, verse 7 again. I said, surely thou wilt fear me. God sends these things. And you know what? We're getting rain again this year. Okay? So it's kind of a shot over the bow. Hey, people, wake up. And are we? No? We're right, oh, phew. Cycle's back. We're, we're going to have rain now. Okay, we'll have a good crop. Completely ignore what happened last year. Surely thou wilt fear me, thou wilt receive instruction. So their dwelling should not be cut off howsoever I punish them. But they rose early and corrupted all their doings. He doesn't want to destroy us. And yet, do we repent? Do we seek his face? Turn to Romans chapter 13. Now we talk a lot about repentance. And Martin and I have actually had a lot of conversations over our hours driving on the road about what it means to repent and how you actually go about that. Um, And I'm not, again, I'm not saying that I have that all figured out. You know, but we, one of the things that, when you talk about repentance, one of the things that first comes to mind is, well, obviously stop doing the wrong you're doing. And I think in a lot of cases, that ends up being our main focus is to stop the sin. We need to get rid of the sin. And again, I want to come back to what I mentioned about unleavened bread getting rid of the sin is great that's absolutely something we should do but that was if you remember recall in Exodus 12:15, there it said seven days shall ye eat unleavened bread on the first day you shall remove the leaven from your houses so there's six times more eating of the truth than there is getting rid of the sin um, actually, I want to read that one first. Let's, uh, we'll come back to Romans here. I'm sorry. For, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 5. That is quite the rainstorm. Wow. <laughs> what? Yeah, the drought is over. <laughs> okay, 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. Purge out, therefore, the old leaven, that ye may be a new lump, as ye are unleavened. For even Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast, not with old leaven, neither with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. The very first word of verse 7 says, purge. Now, there are some of you out there that are mechanics. This is the best description that I could think of for it. Anybody ever had water in their hydraulic system? How do you get get the water out? Do you focus on the water? Or do you take the good oil and you push it through and it pushes the water and the bad oil, the contaminated oil out? Okay, that's how you purge something. Any any sort of purging that you do, you take good and you push the bad out with it. So you don't focus on, you don't don't go after the water. You go after getting the good stuff and pushing it through. Okay, and what do you say here? Purge out there for the old leaven, okay? Back to Zephaniah, where we read there. Seek ye the Lord, seek his face. As I've thought, as I've tried to study a little more about what repentance is, yes it is to stop doing what you're doing, but the more important part, it means to turn around. Why, because it means to turn back to God. Wherever you're at, you may be a lot closer to him than I am, but that's not the point. The point is turning around him. Go to Colossians chapter 3. We'll get back to Romans there. I was looking at the wrong part of my notes. Colossians 3, verses 1 through 6. If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. As I was kind of going through this, some of the Hendersons, there, they're getting to listen to this a second time because I, I told them last Sabbath that I was practicing on them. <laughs> so they got to, but as I've, done, as I've gone through this, you know, we, we like to talk a lot about The, uh, the modern church, the rest of the church world, you know how they do this and they do that. And as I read this, if ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. Can I honestly say I do that? I think maybe in some ways I could probably say it. The rest of the church is not my responsibility. I'm my responsibility, my wife and my children are my responsibility, okay? Are we setting our affections on things above and not on things on the earth? (laughs) And I'm not gonna speak for any of you. You each need to ask yourself that question and I would encourage you to do that sooner than later because again, there comes a time when he will not be found unless you have sought his face. Verse 3, for you are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ who is our life shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. Mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth. Now I want you to notice the order of that. Keep in mind what we read in Exodus 12:15. What was the first thing it said? Seven days shall ye eat unleavened bread. And What did it say here? If you're risen with Christ seek those things which are above. And then it says mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth. Fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, and covetousness, which is idolatry. We need to put the relationship, the covenant, the marriage covenant, that needs to be our primary focus. We need to focus on that. We need to seek God's face. And guess what? He will help us. He's not going to let you stay in sin. If you have a relationship with him, he will make you get rid of it. Um, we come down here every year. We have been, I don't know for how long now, but for a while now. But even before we came here, I mean, we would get together with other people for Passover, Unleavened Bread, for Pentecost, for Atonement, Tabernacles. Okay, we rehearse these things every year. Um, There's a reason God wanted us to rehearse them every year. And part of that is because we're, as a people, our, if you look at our history, we are terrible about remembering. And so he had to give us something to rehearse, to remind us every year. We're terrible about getting settled on our lees. It's really easy to get comfortable. So go to uh, Hebrews chapter 3 again, and I will, I will close with this. Hebrews chapter 3, verses 12 through 14. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Again, to come back to just the things that, I know I've used this as an example at our Sabbath gatherings. I've watched a lot of the Marvel movies. I, I like them. You know, I like Iron Man. I like a lot of those things. And uh, Thor. Do you realize that that is a false god? Do you realize that every last bit of that movie is pagan idolatry? Every last bit of it. There's a lot of Thor, Of uh, a lot of the other movies. There is all sorts of just disgusting representations of sexual perversion, sexual immorality. It's all through them. And I like them. Okay, What does that say? I'm hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. That's not good. That's not a good place to be. Not at all. And if I continue in that, and you know, every one of you need to be asking yourself this: When does that day come? When He says, "When you, since you wouldn't listen to me, when I cried out to you, now I'm gonna, you're gonna cry out to me, and I'm, I'm done." Again, I don't know when that day is. That's not for me to say. But it's coming. That much I do know. There's a, and I don't even know who wrote it, um, there's a song, it's a it's kind of a modern Christian song, and I never, <laughs> I'm a little bit of a snob when it comes to music, so I didn't really care for a lot of contemporary Christian music, but when there was one day, um, I think my daughter actually had the music, and, and it was sitting there on the piano, so I played it, and the words were in there. It's actually a pretty good song. Some of you may know it, Come, now is the time to worship. Okay, come, now is the time to worship. Now is the time to uh, help me how that goes, my dear. One day every tongue will confess you are God, one day every knee will bow. Okay? And that's that's promised in here. It says that the day is coming when every tongue will confess and every knee will bow. He says, but still the greatest treasure remains for those who gladly choose you now. Okay? So there in Zephaniah are where we read before the decree go forth, before the judgment comes, seek his face. Seek his face. So that's what I have.